Awesome. So, what I wanted to talk about is basically what we were just talking. <laughs> you know, is how how do I get a perception of who God is? You know, and and we all bring. Because of our growing up, our experience, where you're, you, you were raised, you bring a lot of baggage. You know, and then a lot of times we tend to project our experiences to God. You know, and, and that's what, I'm going to read a little bit out of this book called the Abba Foundation. And the point here that the author Chicky Wood is making is that there are like three major influences for us that determine how we see God. Okay, and there's a, the first one is the Roman. The Roman society was pragmatic, quoting from the book. They therefore they emphasized authority and valued concrete thinking, right or wrong, good or bad, black or white. For the Romans, love is a choice. In the Roman worldview, the law is the system for control, and God is the lawgiver who inspires fear. The Bible is the book of law and punishment. Sin, of course, is breaking the law. And salvation is primarily about Jesus taking the punishment that we deserve. Does that sound familiar? So, I mean, we, we are, you know, even as Christians, we, we carry some of the Roman thinking, Roman Catholic thinking. You know, that God is, a, God is ready to punish you, and he's like about right and wrong, and, you know, and, and bad and good. And we, a lot of times, have that, right? Do you think Western culture is influenced by Roman thinking? What kind of buildings do you see in Washington, D.C.? What do our cathedrals and monuments look like? Our national symbol, the bald eagle, is the seal of Rome. <laughs> The Greek one. Through the Greek lens, God directs everything for the best. The law is the principle of the universe, and the Bible is the book that teaches us those principles. So if we put them in practice, we can expect good outcomes. For the Greek worldview, love is a feeling. Sin is choosing physical over spiritual. And salvation is the promise that we will someday leave this material world to spend eternity in heaven. We also have that, right? The, the, this world is bad. The, our bodies are bad. Our human nature is bad. We are looking for the spiritual world some, someday. And we have some of that. And then the third one is the Hebrew. The Hebrew society is relational, and as such, reemphasizes covenant. 
belonging, and wisdom. Love is neither a choice nor a feeling, but shared life. It is about covenant and mutuality. When God revealed himself to the people of Israel, he entered into covenant with them. In fact, God both initiated and fulfills the covenant for the purpose of relationship. So, going to the point, the main point. I was thinking about that. Where do I get my picture of who God is? And the answer is, in the Gospel of John, it says, chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning was a word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Verse 14, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. 17, for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father. He has explained him. So, even with his disciples... Jesus was living with them, and he was talking to them. I mean, John chapter 8, it is a big argument between Jesus and the Pharisees. And, and you know, remember that story, you know, like, you're, you're slaves. And like, we have never been slaves. You know, and they were under Roman control. And they were Israelites in Egypt. You know, and, and Christ was trying to... Tell them, I am the truth here. <laughs> you know, and he was not like with banners, you know, protesting against what was going on, but he was revealing the heart of the Father. And I, I, I have to read this, John 14. So what I'm trying to say here is this. I'm trying to drop all my ways of seeing God and relating to God that come with baggage, either for, from Roman or Greek. <laughs> but the, the, the real revelation of God, who God is came in the flesh, and it's Christ. So, John 3.16, he came not to judge, but to save. <laughs> He, you know, but a lot of times we, we, we see God more like, like the Roman view. It's like he, he's ready to punish everything that's wrong, right? John 14. I'm going to read a little too much here, but. Do not let your heart be troubled. 
believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. And where I am, there you may be also. And you know that the way where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through me. If you had known me, you, have, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. And this is interesting, right? Because then Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been so long with you? And yes, you, may, you have not come to know me, Philip. He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his works. Believe in me, believe me, that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than this he will do, because I go to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And then he goes on, and I, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So, some people believe that John wrote this gospel, and it's a completely different gospel than Matthew, Mark, and, and Luke, right? This gospel is very spiritual or even mystical. You know, because there, there were some heresies coming up and false teachings. You know, some saying, oh, Jesus was not human. You know, he was just like a, 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 a kind of like an appearance of a spirit. You know, and then he was just a revelation. He was not a, a real thing. So, John wrote this gospel, some people believe that, to counteract 
those false teachings and saying, don't believe in all these revelations that people are saying that you need to have. The only revelation that you have, you need to have, is a revelation of who Jesus is and that he is the revelation of the Father. If you see Jesus, you see the Father. And, and he came to reveal who God is to mankind and bridge the gap, the separation. Going back to this book here, in the Hebrew view, when God revealed himself to the people of Israel, he entered into a covenant with them. In fact, God both initiated and fulfills the covenant for the purpose of relationship. His covenanting God, he's a covenanting God of promise and presence. And his law is the expression of this covenantal relationship. I want you to know the emphasis on relationship in the Hebraic society, which is this in stark contrast with the mindset of the West that's very individualistic. For the Hebrew worldview, world sin is the loss or injury of relationship. It's not just knowing one another. So salvation is primarily about restoring relationship bringing about wholeness in the relationship with God and with one another. When I think Christ was walking with his disciples and when he was confronting the Pharisees, the whole thing that was happening is that everybody had a wrong idea of who God was. And he came as a revelation and as the way, the truth, and the life, the door for us to get into this relationship with God. For me, what is important is it does not matter how strong your belief system is. If it is not right, it doesn't matter how much you believe it. You know, and it can be, become a problem if I have a, a different idea of who God is. I'm going to be believing in this God and I'm going to always be disappointed and never getting to know him. You know, and then I think that a classic example to me of God, the father, as a loving father, is the, the story of the prodigal son. You know, that... It, went completely against, I mean, if, if you think all the examples of the life of Christ, if he went against, a lot of times, the cultural, social, and religious trends, expectations. expectations. You know, I mean, the, the fact that he was talking to the Samaritan woman at the well, or, you know, the fact that he allowed that woman to come and anoint his feet. And the Pharisees like, oh, if you were a prophet, you would not let that person do that to you. You know, and, but he was not doing that. That's what he was. And he was, in doing that, he was revealing 
the heart of the Father for his creation. This is this making any sense? I'm blessed this for us because I think that one of the best things that happened to me this last few years is getting to <laughs> revisit, you know, what do I think about God? And who gave me those concepts? You know, and where did that, those concepts come from? You know, because, you know, like being raised in, in Brazil, you know, it's like, oh, you, you're going to, if you do this, you're going to pay. You know, it's very Roman way of thinking. It's like the law, the law, the law, you know. And, and even after, you know, you hear so many things. And you, you, the way that people relate to you, and then you, oh, and the way that you relate to people, and we project that to God, and that's the way God relates. You know, so he gets mad, he gets angry, and he, he's keeping a tab of everything that I'm doing wrong. You know, and, and that's not the way that Christ came revealing the Father. You know, and so, so to me, I want to get my view of the Father from Christ. Not from religion, not from tradition, not from culture. But that's why I, I love to study, because then you go like, man, this is completely different. And, and I, that's how I want to relate to God, as a God that's he's finding whatever way that I can relate to him and that I get to know him, even if that means his son dying, even if that means the temple of Jerusalem being destroyed. You know, because I, I made a covenant with you and I don't want anything to get in the way of this relationship. And any breach or loss or injury in that relationship will be dealt with. Whether it's idolatry or disobedience or just my self-centeredness, you know, and my, my own will, God is going to work with that. Not out of anger, but out of a desire for a relationship. It's interesting. Let me see. John 8. Uh, this whole idea of God as a father as your personal father, was never introduced before Christ. You know, so that's w why, you know, they, they would almost really, he's a father of the nation, Israel. But the way that Christ came and revealed his re personal relationship with the father, I, I am my father, I only do what my father does. That went really against what everybody else thought, and that's why he was crucified. And then he goes here. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Well, let's go. John 8, verse 36. 
So if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you seek to kill me, because my word, my word has no place in you. I speak the things which I have seen with my father. Therefore, you also do the things which you heard from your father. They answered him and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, If you are Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. But as it is, you are seeking to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God, did this Abraham did not do. You are doing the deeds of your father, they said to him. No, yeah. We were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and have come from God. I have not even come on my own initiative, but he sent me. So this identity of being a son of God, a daughter of God, is key. And having a, a right perception of who God is, is very important because that affects everything else. Affects the way that we relate to him, of course, the way that we relate to the word, world around us, to people around us, to good and bad around us, you know, and then that's exactly what Christ came and he, he was able to relate to everybody around, the, around him, the culture, people that were accepted in, in the religion or not, in the culture or not, and he was able to relate to the whole world like the Father relates to the world. And to me, that is awesome because it makes it so much easier and simpler and less complicated because, you know, like I don't have to, I don't need to judge. <laughs> You know, I don't need to be, you know, sitting on God's throne and judging the world and judging who is right and who is wrong because I'm not the Savior. <laughs> I, I'm, it's not my responsibility to, to save the world. My responsibility is to be the ministry of reconciliation and the ministry of love of God whether people agree with me or not, I, I'm not going to allow anything to separate me because God did not allow even that to be separated from the world. You know, he found a way to be completely included in the darkness, in the, the mess of this world, being born as a, a baby in a manger, you know, and being killed or crucified by people but he that's how he chose to relate and to include himself in this mess you know so I bless that for us because I think that that's what the world needs right now it's, it's somebody that will, will be the presence of God in their lives you know and love them where they are at you know, and, and be the, the comfort, be another helper, be the presence of the Holy Spirit, 
you know, and, and not judge them, <laughs> you know, and be the light in the darkness, not be separated from the darkness. Anyway, that's what I had this morning. Yeah, and, and so to me, the, the really ringing bell uh, with God being relational, so the, the Hebrewic uh, viewpoint or whatever, but so that's what God was interested in when he created somebody in, their, in his own image. Exactly. He was looking for someone to, you know, have, have you know, dwell the earth and, and he could relate to. And so, I, and I was even thinking about with all the messianic uh, messages and, and uh, uh, prophecies in the Old Testament. So even even way back when, he, he knew that it would take Jesus and the, the offering and the, the lamb and to, to reconcile so that he could get what he's interested in. Yeah. In the long run, and so but he's in this for the long run. Mm-hmm. He's he's interested in relationships forever. 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 And so um, that's that's good for me to understand today. And um, and and it also to me it was like when you're reading about Jesus, you say, hey, I, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. And John saying, you know, the Word became flesh. The word is among us. People couldn't understand it. But so it makes me just want to be in my heart, uh, be so uh, broken and open and seeking out uh, Jesus. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, and not, not be, uh, not trying to go around the door. Mm-hmm. The door. Yeah. Well, and, and, and to me, last Sunday we ended up talking a little bit about one thing that I was thinking about, the importance of the Mary being pregnant, right? By, by the Spirit. Because that's what he was saying here. I'm going to have this helper inside of you. You know, so we have this access in a relationship and each one of us. So that should create a fear of God in how we touch one another because each one is an ark of the covenant. You know, and, and so it, it should change. You know, and that's where you know, I was like, man, I, I have to repent. I have to stop judging people. You know, I have to stop looking down on this or the other thing because, of, you know, because, you know, we, 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 we've done it. Oh, we were part of this. I was part of this church that uh, we thought that we had something that nobody else had. You know, and, and the truth is that I have a little part of the elephant, but I need the whole elephant. And I need to be open to receive and, and understand and learn from others and, and, and being relationship because that's what God wants. He wants his family together. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that that includes the natives and the Hawaiians. You know, the, the cultures, the gifts that were given to each tribe, nations, 
you know, that God's going to bring together and it's going to be a beautiful thing because this is going to re reveal his glory. Look, look, how can I put this quilt of humanity together in oneness by the Spirit? You know, and just like the Trinity is one, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, he wants this whole thing coming together. And instead of going against what God is doing, I want to be on his team. <laughs> You know, and starting like we were talking Friday at lunch, you have all always start to love yourself. You know, and accept your place the way that God created you in this multi-membered body. You know, and because each cell is important, so love the cell that you are. No. no he's, he wants a handcrafted quilt. Yeah. Each square just as a individualized. And then that's what, what it should, we should by now be convinced that unity or oneness is not conformity. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, it's like that's why the, he says, you know, the Father and I are one, you know, and you're going to be one just like, but there is a distinction between the Father and the Son, but they are one. <laughs> and we do not understand that, you know, but, and then Paul says in, in Corinthians, you know, that we are many different members, but we're one body. So you don't lose your identity of who you are in becoming one. Actually, we should be thankful for the differences you know, in ways of thinking and ways of everything. Because then we actually have a chance of becoming something that God will be glorified. Yeah. Yeah, and to me, to me, that's what, you know, Michelle was saying, what you're doing here is amazing, that you're bringing all these different groups and different churches, you know, but to me, I, that, this is really what's in my heart, because the word about oneness is a, a real word from God for me. You know, but again, it's not oneness, we're going to become one and you're going to do what I'm telling you to do. No, I, I want to, we're going to become one because we're all going to participate. Mm -hmm. 